Okay, Stephen, another episode of FedSmart Podcast, where today we're going to have a conversation revolving around TSP withdrawals. Um, you and I, you know, coming into the first of the year and everything, talking to a lot of retirees, talking to a lot of people close to retirement, and a lot of things revolving around TSP withdrawals right now, and how do you withdraw from the TSP, how do you create a plan on how to pull from the TSP, and a couple things revolving around that that we wanted to have a conversation on and make sure that people at least have thought of a few different pros and cons of each withdrawal rule, as well as how to maximize their, their TSP in retirement. So a lot of good information that we're going to go over today uh, in our conversation that I think a lot of people are going to really value. Yeah, and a lot of people don't realize it's twin day. You got to wear the same shirt and both have Bluetooth, <laughs> Bluetooth bros yeah, today. We so. We got the memo. For those of you that are listening, you're not watching one of our videos on Facebook or YouTube, where actually Stephen and I are wearing the exact same shirt. It was not, it was planned. not planned. And I, oh, no. I try not to wear the same thing because you always wear it way better. So I try not to match because <laughs> people are like, oh, well, yeah. you know, look at, Jess, look at Jesse compared to Stephen. He wears it way better. So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, TSP withdrawal rules. And this is a question we get a lot. Um, even people that we, well, we find that uh, think they know and think they understand the withdrawal rules. Sometimes they find out as they're starting to pull from it, some of the actual requirements that kind of get you or things that they weren't aware of until they start trying to use the TSP. So we want to try to prevent that for, from happening for you ahead of time and make sure you're aware of a lot of things. Yeah, so there's two uh there's kind of two ages to consider, right, Jesse, as far as um, if you're potentially separating the year you're turning 55 or over, or if you've reached that magical 59 and a half age. Right. Yeah, exactly. For regular furs, right? So for regular furs, those are your requirements. You have to, what Steven's saying is, um, if you want to pull from the TSP and not pay a 10% penalty and your regular FERS, the, th the first thing you can do is if you were separating, either retiring or just leaving the government, the year you're turning 55 or older, then you can pull from the TSP and only pay taxes. Or if you're 59 and a half or older and you're either working or separated, you can touch the TSP. If you're working, you can do age-based in-service withdrawals. And if you're retired, then of course you can touch the, the TSP without paying a 10% penalty. And also at 59 and a half, you can touch your other retirement accounts uh, without paying any penalty. Now, special provisions on the line, you can touch the TSP penalty-free when you're eligible for a full unreduced pension. So it yeah, used to be that the that. year you yeah. were yeah, exactly. With the uh, Secure Act 2.0, you may or may not have heard that one of the things that they changed is for special provisions, once you're eligible for a retirement by either being any age with 25 years of service or age 50 and older with 20 years of service, once you're eligible, you don't have that 10% penalty on your TSP anymore. Your other retirement accounts for both regular FERS and special provisions, though, other retirement accounts, outside retirement accounts like IRAs or old 401ks or something like that, for most withdrawals, you can't touch those till you're 59 and a half um, still without paying a penalty. So you want to be aware of that. 
You also want to be planning ahead of time. If you're going to be eligible before 59 and a half, you want to create a plan. You want to be careful. There's some very ethical, good financial advisors out there that don't know some of these rules and to get you additional investment options or whatever reason, they're trying to roll your TSP to a, um, IRA maybe. Well, if you're retiring before you're 59 and a half and they roll everything to an IRA, then you could create a penalty situation where you go to touch that IRA and you're going to pay a penalty. So you want to be aware of that. Maybe leave some of the TSP or leave all of it in the TSP, depending upon your goals. Don't put it all in an IRA uh, prior to 59 and a half. Stephen, even people we have that are retiring before 59 and a half, and some of them say, well, I'm going to roll it all into my IRA over here because I like the investment options over here. I'm just going to go ahead and roll it all. A lot of times we recommend that you leave at least some in the TSP just in case an unforeseen expense pops up. You've got this money over here that's penalty free. Yeah, that's that's very true. And we've actually unfortunately seen that where uh, you know, you think when you run the income numbers and everything, you're going to be set or you might get a private sector job because you don't want to just kind of sit around in retirement. And maybe that falls through and, and there's a period where you need to pull from it. And like Jesse's saying, if yeah. it's in an IRA, that's going to cost you at least a 10% penalty. So yeah, definitely good to, in most cases that we've seen, probably leave a little bit in there in case of an emergency. Right, exactly. I mean, Stephen and I are still trying to create the crystal ball so we know exactly what's going to happen to you and when. <laughs> but until that happens, you want to have, you know, your what if provision, your rainy day, emergency discretionary fund, whatever you call it. And, you know, maybe you do have some outside savings, so that's not a big deal. But quite often the TSP is a majority or your main retirement account. So you want to put, um, you know, some of it where you can get to it quickly if you need it and be penalty free, which brings us to the three withdrawal rules. Now, some of you might say, oh, I already know how I can pull from my TSP and the three options I have, but before you click off or, or stop listening, listen to the three rules and then we'll talk about some different ways to maximize those rules, some things that we've seen and uh, some kind of gotchas that you wanna be aware of when you're pulling from the TSP. So you have three main ways that you can pull from the TSP. And the first one is a lump sum withdrawal or a you know, partial distribution or a lump sum, however you'd like to, to call it, but you're able to pull from the TSP a chunk of money, whatever amount you'd like, and you can pull out of the TSP. So you can use the TSP like a rainy day fund or an emergency fund. However, there's a few things to be aware of. You can make a lump sum withdrawal from the TSP, but you can do it about every, not about, you can do it every 30 days. So if you make a withdrawal from the TSP, a lump sum withdrawal, you cannot make another lump sum withdrawal from the TSP until 30 days after your last withdrawal. And that's not an if, and, or maybe that they'd lock you out for 30 days. You won't be able to do it. Exactly. You know, Stephen, we had a client that was a perfect example. I mean, unfortunately, if you're listening, sorry, I have to use you as an example. I won't use your name, of course, but, you know, went on vacation. So retired, went on vacation from Pennsylvania, took their family on this uh, uh, cruise, took the whole family. They've been planning for years once they retired and then came back from the cruise. And unfortunately, during that Arctic freeze, 
the pipes in their house had frozen. And so they took a withdrawal from the TSP to be able to pay for this cruise for all their family members, came back in town, pipes had frozen, and their basement had flooded. And so they needed another chunk of money. And if they were to try and get in the TSP again, they had just made a withdrawal about two weeks prior. Like you said, Stephen, it's no ifs, ands, or buts. If they try to get a withdrawal from the TSP, the TSP says, sorry, you have to wait about another two weeks till it's 30 days from when you made the previous withdrawal to pay for your pipes. So um, if you take that withdrawal, you got to be careful. You cannot take another one until 30 days um, after that withdrawal. And a couple things with the lump sum withdrawal is they're going to withhold 20% 20% taxes right off the top. So, you know, if you need a certain amount of money, you want to make sure you plan for the taxes that they're going to, you know, trim right off the top when you make that withdrawal. And so you can net what you're looking for uh, from that. So that's the first option is being able to take a lump sum. Now, with that lump sum, though, you can, of course, have that money come to you. Or you can roll that money if you'd like. If you want to take a withdrawal from the TSP, you also have the option to do a rollover in your lump sum and send some or all of that money to an IRA. So you can avoid paying taxes or defer paying taxes till down the road, roll it to an IRA, and then you're able to actually touch the money in the future. But Stephen, one thing that people don't know with this new TSP website And it's important to know when you want to go make a withdrawal, you actually have to wait seven days in most cases, because when you go to make a withdrawal, if you're adding your bank account information to do an ACH or you're adding and updating your address as a place that you can have your check sent to, when you add that to the new TSP website for your security you have to wait seven days to it from when you add that information to the TSP to be able to initiate a withdrawal to your bank account or to your address. So as a proactive measure, what we recommend, if you're going to need withdrawals at some point, you want to go in there and add your bank account now under financial institutions, the top right, you can click your profile drop down and add your bank account as a financial institution and a destination where you can send money. So in the future, when you go to make a withdrawal, your bank account information is already in there and you don't have to add it and then wait seven days to send money to that. Same thing if you have an IRA that you may want to send money to in the future, go ahead and go in there and add your IRA as a financial institution that can receive your funds so that when you need a withdrawal, you don't have to wait. Because, uh, Stephen, we had a couple of people that they needed some money like tomorrow. They needed an ASAP, and then they were trying to get a withdrawal, and they go in there, and they find out they have to wait seven days to initiate the withdrawal from when they add their information in there, and that can be a little bit frustrating. Yeah, and you have some options, too. Um, like some people, when they're eligible, they want to roll some money to an IRA, but then They might want to take a withdrawal at the same time. You want to initiate those together, which the TSP website gives you the option. It says roll over with an amount paid to you. So make sure if that is something that you're planning on doing, you set it up that way. Because if you do just the IRA um, transfer or rollover, and then you wanted a withdrawal, if you do it at separate times, you're locked out for 30 days before you can do one or the other. So make sure you're really paying attention to the options on there and uh, what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, exactly. And 
again, if there's the potential for something in the future, you want to start researching it ahead of time. Of course, emergencies pop up and things like that. And, um, and we'll talk about later some different ways to kind of plan and put together your withdrawal strategy for, for you specifically so you know the best way to maximize your thrift savings and, and what you have. So that's the first option. And you can do a combination of these withdrawal options. You don't have to do either or. You know, if you do a lump sum, you can also do what's called systematic withdrawals, which we'll talk about next. So with systematic withdrawals, you can set up, just like its name, a systematic withdrawal from the TSP where you set up monthly withdrawals, quarterly withdrawals, or semi-annual withdrawals from the TSP where you say, you get to choose, send me this much money, you choose the amount, and send it to me monthly or whatever you'd like. I mean, monthly is by far the most common. So maybe you're you're retired, you've got your um, pension, you've got Social Security or the supplement, and you just need another $500 a month or whatever it is. You can go into the TSP and set up systematic monthly withdrawals, getting that additional $500 a month. So you, you can choose whatever amount you want and how often it hits your account. And again, typically takes about seven days to add your bank account and then request the um, systematic start. So it can take a few days at, uh, on that as well. So add your bank account already so in the future you can go in there and set up your systematic payments and those will start in a matter of days rather than a couple weeks um now there's a couple things that we've discovered with the new tsp as well that you want to be aware of you know for example um if you have your monthly payments going you are allowed to change those and to stop those but with the new tsp website there's not a place as of right now as of mid-January to go in there and change it and to stop it, you actually have to call TSP. What you have to do is they actually stop your monthly call payments. And then you, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and they stop it and then you set up a whole new one going forward. So hopefully they get that site updated and there'll be a place online where you can just go in and say, okay, instead of sending me $500 a month, you know, send me 300 or send me a thousand whatever you need. But as of right now, to make changes to your systematic payments, you have to give TSP a call and take care of that on, you know, by calling them, not online. Yeah. So you, you want to be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point. And then uh, I guess that leads us to the third, not so popular option of annuitizing your TSP. You want to run us through that one? Yeah, so with the TSP annuitization option, this turns out to be the least flexible option as well as some a lot of gotchas you want to be aware of. If you're going to choose uh, the annuity option, I highly recommend that you talk to somebody who really understands the annuity option so they can tell you the pros and cons because once you start one of the annuity options from the TSP, it's irreversible and zero flexibility once you start it. And inside the TSP, there are 18 different annuity options that you can choose from. And what an annuity means is basically annuitizing or turning a portion of your TSP into some kind of income flow. And so most of the time, what you do is you actually trade in a portion of your TSP or all of your TSP you choose. And in exchange, you get a monthly withdrawal that's going to be consistent based on the time frame that you choose. So for example, 
one of the benefits of an annuity and one of the things that people look at with an annuity is, well, if I trade in a portion of my money or I annuitize a portion of my money, I am going to get a monthly payment for the rest of my life. It's really nice if you choose the single life option, you're never going to run out of money. So, you know, if you have $100,000, for example, maybe that $100,000, this is just an example, you, you trade that in, you annuitize it, and they're going to give you $450 a month, guaranteed to last the rest of your life. Even if you live to be 102 and the account would have gone to zero, it doesn't matter. You will get that $450 a month forever. However, again, you cannot change your mind and go back and say, okay, I actually need $20,000 out of my 100,000 that I had. You can't do that. You're not earning interest on that $100,000. And if you choose lifetime income based on your life, a single life, then when you pass away, whatever is left in that $100,000 does not transfer to your beneficiary. So if unfortunately, you know, something happened to you three months into it, and there would have been 98,000 plus dollars left, that does not go to your beneficiary if you choose the single life option. So again, there's 18 different annuity options. Some of them have a death benefit, but a lower income. Some of them have income for you and your spouse. So you want to look through the different annuity options, as well as if you're looking at doing an annuity, you also can look at some of the annuities available in IRAs on the outside that might give you additional flexibility. Maybe you could get lifetime income without annuitizing and you still have the death benefit for your loved ones. So really what we've seen is if you look at your withdrawal options, okay, and you look at these three ways of touching your money inside the TSP, Really, like I said, with all the gotchas, like having to wait 30 days for a withdrawal on this on the lump sum, you, you may want to have some outside money in case you need money in between that time. Having systematic payments, okay, how much do I set up? How much do I pull from the TSP where I get enough to live, but I have enough in the future for inflation? I also don't run out of money. How much should I take per month? You know, do I do the life expectancy payments or um, do I set it up based on a percentage? You know, some people say pull 4% of what's in there. There's all these little rules and things that you can learn. And then with the annuity option, well, I'd love to have some income that I can't outlive. That's one of my biggest fears that I don't run out of money. But then you have this gotcha of maybe your family or your beneficiaries lose their death benefit. So what we highly recommend is that you talk to a financial professional that understands the federal system, that understands the pros and cons and plans for things like you should be able to use that money and have fun with that money today, but you wanna make sure you don't run out of money. You wanna make sure that inflation is not a factor if you're blessed to live 30 years in retirement and how do you maximize the withdrawals from the TSP. Because once you establish a withdrawal from the TSP as well, then that also ultimately tells you how you should allocate and invest your TSP. Stephen and I, we do not tell anybody general advice on these podcasts and say, oh, everybody should pull from the TSP this way and everybody should be invested in the TSP this way. Your withdrawal options and how you withdraw and how you invest your TSP ultimately depends on your goals, your needs, and your uh, risk tolerance and things like that. So again, make sure that you research it and you talk to a financial professional who can help you establish that. You know, it, it just really blows my mind and, and shocks both of us, Stephen, on how many people try to navigate all of this 
with almost no experience. You know, the, the accumulation phase, saving the money for retirement is one thing compared to the distribution phase and all the things that come with the distribution phase and trying to do it on their own rather than use somebody who has experience. It, it really surprises me. And that's why we see a lot of people putting themselves in some situations that maybe they could avoid. But yeah, and I think a lot of it comes to is like you're saying, just not knowing where to look or or who to ask. And everyone has an opinion. Um, we're all realtors, we're all financial advisors. Just ask Google and it'll kind of guide you down whatever path. But like what Jesse's saying, make sure whoever you're speaking with knows the federal system, knows how the withdrawals are going to help you or or hurt you. And uh, that'll that'll take you a long way down the road. Exactly. Because one of the most common questions we get uh, with the TSP and people messaging us and messaging us through our site or Facebook or things like that is, should I leave my money in the TSP or should I roll it to an IRA? Jesse, what, what's best? And I really want to maximize this money. And the short answer is, again, that really varies. It depends on your goals and your needs. There's, there's pros and cons of the TSP that we really like, and there's pros and cons of IRAs. It all depends on your goals and what you're trying to get that money to accomplish. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I mean, oftentimes it's good to utilize both. Um, you know, if somebody's just trying to get you to roll all of your TSP, it might be a red flag based on your goals or things like that. You can definitely utilize the TSP and some IRAs, and that can be efficient depending upon your goals. But really, you know, should I roll my money? Should I leave it? That depends on a lot of things. I mean, the reason people stay in the TSP are the low fees, the familiarity of it, being able to access it, and they're comfortable with it. You know, whereas a lot of people utilize IRAs for a lot of different investment options, there's different investments that are available, especially on the conservative side that are not available in the TSP. And there's actually IRAs where the fees are, you know, as low or lower now than the TSP uh, as well, where in the past, the TSP fees used to be some of the lowest. And they still are, but there are IRAs that are as low. And then additional withdrawal rules from the IRAs, you know, a lot of IRAs, you don't have to wait 30 days to touch your money in between. You can get lifetime income without annuitizing. There's dividends producing investments. There's all different types of things in the IRA as well. So again, talking to somebody, and again, we're not just trying to sell you on an appointment with us or anything like that. We're just trying to tell you that, the easiest decision to make is the one where you have all the information and an experienced retirement planner, federal retirement planner that's worked with a lot of federal employees can help you. And if they're a fiduciary, they're required to act in your best behalf. So you can find a federal retirement advisor who's a fiduciary that's going to tell you, okay, inside the TSP, we can do this. Outside the IRA, we can do this. And based on your goals and needs, that's when they can tell you if you should roll your money or if they if you should leave it. I mean, we to give you an idea so you guys know, about half the people we talk to, we leave some or all of their money in the TSP and about half, it ends up being efficient to roll it. So there are times for sure to leave your money in the TSP. Not everybody should roll out and things like that. And sometimes, unfortunately, you talk to somebody who's more of a salesman rather than a planner or uh, a, con uh, a consultant or um, an actual advisor. They're more of just like an annuity salesman or maybe a life insurance salesman or things like that rather than a fiduciary financial retirement planner for federal employees. So just be aware of, of who you're talking to and put together a withdrawal strategy 
based on your goals and your needs. So what, that's what's what, shocking that's too, one Jesse, of the best on, ways. along the same lines is I've heard from multiple people they thought they had to take their money out of their TSP and or right. roll it when they retire. You do not have to. So if anyone tells you that, right. that should be another red flag. Uh, just something else to be exactly. aware of. Yeah. Yeah. They tell you, you have to take your money. So you might as well do it now. Or they tell you, you know, we've seen people countless times they're told, well, when you die, the rest of your money from the TSP does not go to your beneficiaries. So you need to get out of there. Well, again, mm -hmm. the only time that's true is if you choose that lifetime income annuity option based on a single life. If you choose systematic payments or lump sums and there's money in your TSP when you die, that does go to your beneficiaries. Whoever you have listed as your beneficiary, the remaining balance at your death will go to your beneficiaries, to be clear. So like you said, Stephen, there's all these sales tactics that we've heard of people that are being flat out lied to, to just try to get them to uh, roll their TSP or sell them something. So you want to be aware of that. You know, the bottom line is everybody's situation is different. There's a lot of different ways to maximize this money that you saved your entire career. There's a lot of uh, concerns that people have. They don't want to run out of money. They don't want to lose large portions of their money. They want to be able to get to it when they need it. They have all these concerns. Well, to address those concerns, again, it's good to proactively look at that ahead of time. And we highly recommend you, you use a guide as well to help you establish those withdrawal plans, as well as tell you the pros and cons of your plan and how to maximize that. So, so that's the withdrawal rules and how to access the TSP. Again, uh, if you want to know uh, specifics on how to withdraw or you want to talk about how to allocate or invest your TSP, you should talk to somebody who understands your ins and outs. We're not going to dive into the specifics. We're not like that where everybody should be this percentage in this fund or everybody should withdraw from the TSP this way. Um, put together a plan specifically for you. Um, hopefully that really helps with understanding the withdrawal options from the TSP and helps you maximize that. It gives you a good foundation of what you should look for when you're going to touch this money that you saved your, your whole life. Um, one last thing on that too, Stephen, is we've seen people that they retire and they go, I don't know how long I'm going to live. So I'm just going to use all this money. I'm going to enjoy it. And then we have other people that are like, I, I could live a really long time. I don't want to spend any dollar. I don't want to use this money because who knows what's going to happen. And then all of a sudden they're in their late seventies, early eighties, and they've got all this money and they can't use it. They don't have the vitality to travel or whatever. And so what you want to do is find that balance in between. You can enjoy your money. You can travel, you can spend this much per year and, still plan for inflation and what we call longevity if you live a long time. So uh, we actually have to encourage people sometimes, go spend your money, enjoy it, use this much, and you still have a plan for inflation. So that really helps, again, understanding the withdrawal options on when you should touch the money and, and how you should touch the money and enjoy it. That's what we say. And put together a plan so that you can enjoy it. Yeah. And unfortunately, we've also seen the person who was afraid and didn't really have a plan. So they just left it there their whole lives, passed away, went to their beneficiaries, they blew it in a week. So, you know, yeah. it's definitely, uh, definitely a happy medium, like Jesse's saying. Yeah, exactly. It's just taking the time. Sometimes we don't want to think about it. You know, we don't want to think about dying. We don't want to think about running out of money. So we kind of avoid it out of fear, but just taking a little bit of action, a little proactive and talking to people. I mean, we get 
Stephen and I both talked to about 40, 50 federal employees each a week. And a lot of them that finally bite the bullet and talk to somebody, we hear all the time, man, I should have done this sooner. This is actually really pleasant. I really now have a better understanding. I was just in the past kind of afraid that I would just try to get sold something or, or um, you know, I, I didn't want to think about dying. I didn't want to think about running out of money and, and I didn't want to think about losing money. So I just kind of avoided it. But being proactive really gives you that peace of mind and looking at your withdrawal op options, looking at your investment options will just help you get, you know, give you that peace of mind that, okay, I've got a plan in place. I know what to expect in retirement. Now I can enjoy my golden years. And um, hopefully, like I said, I gave you a lot of good foundation that you can build on for your withdrawal options. And we look forward to uh, seeing you on the next episode. See you on the next one. FedSmart podcast is meant for informational purposes only and should not be taken as financial advice. FedSmart, Jesse Black, Stephen Puckett, and FedWise Retirement Planners are not affiliated with any government agency or OPM. Jesse Black offers securities through Creative One Securities LLC member FINRA SIPC, and Jesse Black and Stephen Puckett offer advisory services through Creative One Securities LLC and Investment Advisor. FedWise Retirement Planners and FedSmart are not affiliated with Creative One Securities LLC. For more information, you can visit FedWiseRetirement.com.